Marcus Weedauer, thanks for riding out this morning. Uh, good morning, Tim. Thanks for having me. Uh, a whirlwind, I'm sure. Those, those 36 days are going to go by in a, in a blink of an eye, I, I would imagine, to this point. Again, reminding folks that you can vote uh, absentee today, if you like, wait until the start of early voting two weeks from today. Uh, in your opinion, you've done a couple of these now. Where do you think you are? How do you like the shape of the race? Uh, you know, Tim, I like where I'm at. I've, I've worked very hard uh uh, obviously, been very involved in the community for a very long time. Um, people see that. People see the hard work, um, and you know, I just try to continue to be an approachable, uh, available person to listen to everybody concerned. Uh, one thing that's different: uh, last November, uh, kind of a crowded field, uh, four candidates in a special election. Uh, the, the four of you, obviously, Jonathan Wallace, the winner there, the Democrat, but the other three Republicans. And this is this is more conventional. This is first of all a primary: uh, you versus Stephen Strickland, and only you versus Stephen Strickland. Just the two of you, head to head, man to man, as it were. Do you approach it differently? Uh, you know, for me, I don't. Um, you know, the the goal is uh, the seat. Uh, District 119. I've always looked at this as I'm not running against anybody. I'm running for something. I want to represent our community. Um, I want to bring the conservative. I want to protect our conservative values. Uh, right now, I don't know that that's being. Uh, I know that's not being represented. And uh, I'm really just running for the seat and uh, getting back. No, this would, yeah, whatever else he might be, uh, and Jonathan Wallace, any number of things, uh, certainly would not be described as a conservative Republican. Matter of fact, he didn't run as one. He's a Democrat. He would acknowledge a left of center Democrat uh, elected uh, in pretty surprising fashion, at least in my recollection. I I might have seen a way that Jonathan Wallace could win. I don't think I saw him winning a four-person race without the need of a runoff, which he did last November. First of all, how did that happen? Well, I think there's a combination of things. I mean, there's you, you can Monday morning quarterback that for for probably a month. But the bottom line is they did a great job of getting people to the polls. Um, and Republicans didn't, by the way. That was the other part of this is that the Republican turnout was down. Do you get a sense? Uh, you sense anything different out there now? You know, I think the I think there was some complacency. Um, certainly, we need to do our part. We need to work uh, extra hard this year to make that happen. Um, you know, with three Republicans in the field, I think there there definitely was kind of the Commons, you know, the the general understanding or thought that uh, one of us would come out in the end, and I think that allowed I think that allowed for people to sit at home and, and not be so concerned with the situation. Yeah, it obviously didn't work out that way. All right, that was then. This is now. What are you hearing? Uh, you you talk to the voters. I, I would assume you listen to the voters as well. What are they saying to you? Uh, everybody's very encouraging. I mean, I think that uh, uh, everybody kind of understands uh, what happened a little bit in the, in the fall of, I mean, the number of stories I've heard of, of people saying, well, I thought so-and-so or so-and-so, you know, you or so-and-so was going to have it, and I was waiting for a runoff, or whatever the story was. A lot of people stayed at home, um, and I think that uh, it has certainly opened the eyes that you can't, uh, you can't sit back and let something happen. What are the issues? What are they talking about? What are you talking about? <clears throat> Well, I mean, I think there are several things that uh, are going to go down. I mean, uh, you know, I, I fully expect Riffer to come back up. Um, uh, religious liberty legislation. Y- yes, sir. Where are you on that one? Um, I'm, I'm for it. Uh, of course, that's going to depend on uh, who the governor is. Um, all, the, all the likely uh, Republican opportunities uh, have signed a pledge saying that if it gets put in front of them again, they will sign that bill. 
Uh, of course, the Democrats would be opposed to that. Uh, there's also the concern of what that would mean for business or the attempt to attract business, like, for example, Georgia in the mix right now, we believe, for Amazon. <coughs> there's at least some thought that Amazon and the 50,000 jobs might go somewhere else if this legislation were to pass and is perceived as discrimination against I don't know, gays and, and bisexuals, transsexuals. Uh, there is that concern that is at least being expressed. Do you share that concern? Um, you know, I, I don't share the same concerns. Uh, you know, the federal wording of that, which is what I proposed uh, support of, um, it doesn't get into any of the discriminatory stuff that, uh, you know, the fear mongers want to believe you to believe to be. Um, and, and I think we need to be taking care of Georgians first. I don't think we need to uh, entice large business industry to come here specific uh, to major tax credits when we have Georgians that are here suffering. Marcus Wiedauer again with us, a candidate for a seat in the Georgia House of Representatives. Big issue out there. I don't know what the legislative role, if any, is here other than to at some point roll up sleeves and get about the business of fixing the health care issues uh, overall. But this specific issue that concerns us today, so many folks at the University of Georgia, there are thousands of them out of network now because of this dispute, the contract dispute between Blue Cross Blue Shield and, and Piedmont Healthcare, the governor, to meet with those CEOs today. What would you like to see happen there? And to address the larger question, what should the legislature do about the issue of health insurance coverage overall? Well, I mean, I think you said it. You got they're going to have to roll up their sleeves and get to work. This it's it's ridiculous. I mean, this goes back to it goes back to Obamacare and whatever things done. You've seen a, a record number of doctors retiring. You've seen all these uh, <clears throat> the insurance companies pulling out one by one. I mean, and that's all a byproduct of Obamacare. Uh, we've not repealed it. It should have been done. Uh, a lot of Republicans in Washington ran on that platform of repealing it. They haven't done it. We still we have a bigger mess now than we ever have. Um, you know, expansion of Medicaid. All that's going to do is it's going to increase the uh, percentage of people that are again dependent on the federal government. Um, that's not the answer. Um, I, I'm not saying I have all the answers, but I think rolling up the sleeves and getting to work is the only way to do it. People have to come to the table. People have to communicate and uh, find an answer. Yeah, Marcus, we are one of the big problems, and irrespective of what you might do in the legislature, if you're elected or anybody else, for that matter, you don't know what to do because you don't know what Washington's going to do. That's right. That's right. And 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 all all too often right now they're sitting on their hands. Marcus Wiedauer in studio with us this morning. Uh, to Stephen Strickland's point, uh, and again, uh, you would say, as you did earlier, you're not running against Stephen Strickland. You're running for this seat. He's raising concerns out there in the campaign trail, though. <clears throat> Pardon me about jobs and economic development. Uh, where are you on that issue? What should the legislature be doing? What, where, where should our approach be in terms of attracting business and industry to District 119 in Northeast Georgia? Well, as I've stated many times, I mean, I think the focus needs to be here in Georgia on Georgians. Um, you know, all too often we're, we're, we get caught up in attracting uh, these large companies. We throw, we, we give them the world to come here because there's always these promises of uh, numerous jobs and, and, and the, the fallout from that. Um, and all too often, they end up just holding us hostage, uh, you know, threatening to leave if we don't pass certain legislation um, or, or what have you. And the bottom line is, if we were to focus on the people that actually live here, uh, give, give students that uh, aren't, aren't really looking to go to college an avenue to be successful, to stay in the state, to stay at home, stay at home in their hometown if they choose to, um, and have the opportunity to work there. Um, we have we have rural towns all over the state of Georgia that are that are that are dwindling, 
um, and closing up shop. And uh, that's not good. And I mean, if, if people want to move on for, for bigger opportunities, a bigger city, then, then I, obviously I support that. But the, for the, those, the, the people that want to stay at home, stay where they grew up, uh, live the American dream, be entrepreneurs, we need to get government off their backs. We need to give them the tools, uh, the, the min, uh, minimum tools to be successful in that. One of the things you mentioned, an avenue for, for younger students, high school students, presumably, who just don't see college as something that's going to be in the cards for them. They may not want it uh, or, or may not be, frankly, qualified academically in some respects to go. You say there should be an avenue for those folks. Uh, a lot of people would point to our technical college system and say that is something they can do, go out and get a job, a, a very good and honorable job. Uh, so many of them are afforded the education through the technical college system. I don't know. Come fix my heating and air conditioning unit. That, that's good work and work you know something about as, as a home builder. That's right. I mean, the, the, there's a lot of opportunities out there for people that uh, don't end up in college. And it's a slippery slope, right? We, uh, as, a, as a parent of three children, I mean, I obviously want to provide my children uh, any opportunity they can to, to do better than me. I mean, that's what we all want for our children. Um, at the same time, that, that does not have to include uh, a demand of going to college. For some of these ch- children, um, I think there's a lot of stress put on these kids, uh, you know, to, to meet certain test gra- uh, test scores. Uh, you know, we need the we need the teachers to, to have the opportunity to cater to those students in a manner that they can be successful without just teaching to the test. Marcus Weedar with us, candidate for the House District One Nineteen seat on the in the Georgia House of Representatives. I should have done this at the outset. What's the geography of One Nineteen? I know it includes portions of Athens, Clark, what, and Oconee. What's the geography here? Uh, general layout is uh, basically the southern two-thirds of Oconee County and the uh, southern and southeastern portion of Clark. The idea has been expressed over the years uh, since we redrew those lines some years ago. And listen, this is coming up again in 2010 with the census and, and redistricting reapportionment. But then uh, the idea of putting Oconee County, quote unquote, back together again in terms of its legislative representation. Where might you be on that? Um, you know, I'm going to let those cards fall where they are. I mean, I... You, Listen, there needs to be, uh, with the population change constantly, I mean, Oconee County obviously continues to grow, Clark continues to grow, you know, those lines are going to get redrawn based on population, Um, and wherever those lines fall, uh, and wherever I live, I'm going to do my best to represent those people. What should happen in your estimation? We we hear now, and Brian Kemp, the Secretary of State from here in Athens, who's running for governor, by the way, uh, he would have us know that, is is pointing this commission to look at the issue of voting machines in Georgia. Generally, there's a consensus that the machines that we use now, the touchscreen voting machines we've used for the better part of two decades, in about 15 years, been using these things. Uh, as wonderful as, as some of us might think they are, a couple of things. Number one, they're getting old. Uh, software not even available for them anymore. And, and Number two, concerns about uh, accuracy and concerns about uh, security. What should happen with the voting machines? Well, we we absolutely we're going to have to update. I mean, that's that's just that's the way the world goes. Every it's been a long time. We need to do it. I mean, I would think as far as security goes, I like the fact that they are not integrated to anything online. Um, to to break into those machines, you physically have to break into a room and, and alter it physically. Um, I you know. A lot of things have gone online. Um, I don't think that's the safest way. I, mean, I think we've seen on multiple levels uh, uh, hackers can pretty much do whatever they yeah. want. Um, so I like the fact that it's not online. Now, that doesn't mean it, need, it doesn't need to be uh, updated. Uh, but 
you know, that's that's some um, they've they've got a slew of candidates in the Secretary of State's field, and I'm I'm sure whoever comes out of that is that's going to be a priority number. Yeah, one. they'll advocate, uh, and whoever you're right, whoever emerges as the Secretary of State, one of the four Republicans, John Barrow, maybe the Democrat from here in Athens, whoever the next Secretary of State is, uh, they'll advocate for one machine or another. But the legislature will have the final say on this. Uh, as a member of the legislature, should you win in House District 119, what would you want to see? A lot of people are talking about well, the verifiable paper trail, the, the paper backup. Some people going so far as to say use paper ballots altogether, go back to the future with these voting machines. Do you have a preference? Um, I would I would, I would, would definitely lean towards the paper backup, not paper only. Um, but re- really, Tim, what that's going to be is it's going to be a combination of uh, uh, security and cost. Um, being a fiscally responsible uh, Republican, I'm, we're going to look at costs and all that, and we're going to have to find a way to make sure we're uh, able to afford that and not put it all on uh, the taxpayer. Yeah, well, there's the question. I, I don't know who else is going to pay for this. It becomes a question of which taxpayers. Some people say, well, let's get the federal government to help. I don't know. I mean, how do you how do you pay for these things? I'm hearing upwards of $100 million. How do you pay for these things? Well, that that's just it. I mean, and one thing that anybody that knows me is going to tell you, I'm a hard worker. People have seen me out there driving in my signs. I get I get, I get get comments all the time. They can't believe it's me actually putting up the sign. <laughs> um, I, and, and honestly, my response to that is, well, who else is going to do it? Because I'm going to do it. And uh, bottom line is that's going to take a lot of hard work. And uh, that's who I am. I'm going to get in there. We're going to figure it out. We've got to. We got to turn the fat. There's waste in everything we do uh, at the at the at the state level, and and we all know it. Uh, we just have to be willing to put in the work to, to find the way to cut the cost. Do you identify anything in particular as you, as you had that conversation about waste in state government? We we should eliminate this, close that, anything that you point your finger to? Well, I mean, there's over 40 agencies that uh, regulate all the all the different licensed industries in the in, in the state. I mean, I think they're in each one of those. Each one of those commissions has a uh, manual of hundreds and hundreds of pages. I mean, the, the amount of time that it takes to do that. I mean, that's one of the thing uh, regulations that are on the small businesses back that we need to look at. I mean, that all costs money. Um, but, you know, we took a great step this year in uh, reducing the income tax. Um, but you know, uh, next year they're in 2020. It's promised to drop into 5.5, but it, that doesn't happen unless we have legislative work uh, action next year, um, and it has to be signed uh, by the government. Would you be uh, in favor of eliminating the income tax altogether? Some are. We we certainly need to get as close to zero as possible. Marcus Weedar with us. Uh, about a minute left here. You mentioned your work as a, as a custom home builder. I spent a lot of time on individual homes. Hard work, I'm sure. Uh, what does that work, uh, what does that line of work, how does it lend itself to what you would do as a state lawmaker? Well, listen, what I do every day is I, I get in front of a couple, often who have different ideas. Um, they are, are work- I heard you joke about that. You become a marriage counselor. That, that's point. right. That's right. I mean, I, I feel like uh, a lot of times that's what I do become. But the, but the reality there is, is uh, as, as often, uh, opposites attract, and uh, a husband and wife don't always agree. And, and uh, you know, it doesn't matter what level of home I'm building. Uh, for, mo- for most of the individuals I'm building for, it is the most money they'll ever have spent on anything. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to be a great steward of that money. You have to be a, a great steward of their dream, their ideas, and find a way to uh, put that together for, for, for both of them to be happy. Um, and, and I think if you listen to that and you put it in the form of government, um, I think that is a, a huge quality that I bring to the table of being able to sit and listen to all sides uh, and, and try to find a way to get to the end result, which is what we all want, lower taxes, less waste, 
uh, and and continuing to bring uh, everything back here home. Uh, very quickly, online someplace? Uh, online, yeah, Marcus, WeedHour.com. And WeedHour is, and I've learned this, W I E D O W E R. 